Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, 877-973-7425. Well, there is breaking news. The Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, she drew on her warrior eyebrows today. No, that's not the news. That That's just she's got to get into the warrior makeup on in order to, to be firm against Biden. And she says Joe Biden needs to ban Russian oil imports into the United States. Nancy Pelosi says that. Jen Psaki of the White House says no deal. Not going to happen. Uh, y'all, I'm, I'm telling you that Joe Biden doesn't want to do this because he's afraid if gas prices go up even more, the Democrats are going to have a real hard time. I I, I firmly believe that. I really do. Pelosi can say do it because she knows he's not going to. Now, uh, I want to start with Steve uh, on this issue. Steve, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well, Eric. How about yourself? Doing great. Good. Glad to hear it. Listen, the reason I called was I'm tired of hearing the lie about the XL pipeline. During World War II, we built two pipelines going from Texas up the East Coast because the Navy needed diesel. And what was happening, we lost like 12 or 15 tankers to the German U-boats as they were going around Florida. And the reason that they were going around that way is because the oil was in Texas and that's where the refineries were. But they had no way of getting the oil safely to the Navy They were in Norfolk or either in New York where we had our fleets at. So in less than a year, they built two pipelines. And you can look it up. It's the big inch and the little inch. One was, I think, a 20-inch pipeline. The other was a 24-inch. But they did it in one year because they had all restrictions taken off. If they want to complete the XL pipeline, they can do that probably within six months if they'll just get out of the way. All they have to do is complete it. There's already an existing pipeline. All they're doing is adding another one next to it. That's what the XL stands for. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me mad when I hear these lies about them saying we can't do it and it's not going to have any effect for five to ten years. Well, that's because they've got every environmentalist out there suing everything. Why don't they just declare a national emergency, go ahead and suspend the environmental laws until we can get this taken care of? They have never had a leak on any of those pipelines, the big inch or the little inch, going up the East Coast. And how long has it been since World War II? Anyway, yep. I just look. Thought that, you that's like useful, that. Steve. Thank you very much. And you're, you you got a big point on that. Uh, it's like the Anwar stuff. The Democrats back after nine uh, eleven. Well, we can't do Anwar. It'll take ten years. That was two thousand one. So it would have been done by two thousand eleven. Same with all this other stuff. We could have built the Keystone XL pipeline multiple times without all the Democratic delays. They are literally today proposing we get oil from Iran to avoid getting oil from Russia. This is not serious. These are not serious people. I wish I was making this up. Progressive activists are today agitating that we buy oil from Iran to avoid buying oil from Russia. So 
In other words, they want us to buy oil from Mephistopheles to avoid buying oil from Beelzebub. This is absurd. You know, Iran and Russia are allies. They're friends. This administration so dogmatically insists we need to deal with Iran. There's a realignment in the world coming because of this stuff. When I was a kid, I grew up in Dubai. You were not allowed to go to Israel. You couldn't do it. Until October of 2020, phone lines in the United Arab Emirates would not connect to phone lines in Israel. When I was a kid, if you went to the library and you got a, a physical book encyclopedia, the World Book Encyclopedia, the Encyclopedia Britannica, the pages referencing Israel were ripped out. And all other references were redacted. Our textbooks couldn't learn about the Six-Day War. The Israeli flag was blacked out in the geography section of the maps. The maps were either relabeled Palestine or just drawn out, sometimes carved out. Couldn't do it. You weren't allowed to go there. Israel, if you were living in the Middle East, when you went to Israel, you would have to know you got to ask for a stamp that could be placed in a disposable piece of paper so you could slide it in and out of your passport book when you went back into the Middle East. Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who is the crown prince of Saudi Arabia and the next ruler of Saudi Arabia, he is currently the de facto ruler of Saudi Arabia, gave a lengthy interview. And he said, Israel is a potential ally, not an enemy. Saudi Arabia is far more dogmatic than the United Arab Emirates ever was about Israel, about uh, Islam, about drinking. You, there are liquor stores and bars in Dubai. There are none in Saudi Arabia. And now Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman says, we hope that the problem between the Israelis and the Palestinians will be resolved. He says he sees Israel as a potential ally with shared interests, not an enemy. It needs to resolve its issues with the Palestinians. It's a very subtle shift in the official line from Saudi Arabia as the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Oman, Egypt, and Jordan all embrace Israel as an ally against Iran. Iran is the threat. Donald Trump had a lot to do with this political realignment in the Middle East. The Abraham Accords, you know, remember John Kerry said it was going to be all or nothing. There'd either be peace with Palestine, with the Palestinians or no peace at all in the Middle East. And along comes Donald Trump and tries to do individual peace accords between Middle Eastern countries. Everybody says, it'll never work. It will never work. It worked. And part of the reason it worked is because Donald Trump said, if y'all don't do this, we're leaving. We're packing up. We're taking everything home. All our bases gone. Everything gone. All our money gone. All our financial aid gone. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we got to do something. Why don't we see if we can get along? And now you've got Israeli tech startups opening in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. It's a realignment. But here's the thing. This is the, the most flabbergasting thing. 
Iran is even worse than Russia. On a bad day, and today is a bad day, on a bad day, we can still have some communication with Russia. On a good day, we can't with Iran. The Iranians fund terrorists around the world. The Iranians use their oil money to fund terrorism that then challenges Israel and our Middle Eastern allies and ourselves around the world. These are not serious people. These aren't serious people. The, the people on the left who say, let's just buy all of Iran's oil since we're not going to buy Russia oil. That's not a serious solution. It really is. Instead of, instead of paying one devil, you're paying another. Well, not today, Mephistopheles. We're not going to buy your oil. Beelzebub over here, we're going to buy his oil today. The legions of hell applaud. These people consider themselves grown-ups with grown-up solutions. This isn't a grown-up solution. This is suicide. This is insane. And this is what they're advocating. My gosh. I mean, it, it, it's... it's I don't even know how, how how I'm just flabbergasted that this is even being openly talked about. Nancy Pelosi is calling for a ban on Russian imported oil. And the White House is saying no. It all goes back to their fear about gas prices. See, if gas prices go up, all the other prices go up. Why? Because it costs more to transfer the cattle to the butchery and from the butchery to the grocery store. So the beef prices go up. It costs more to transport the corn to get it out into the field. And so the corn costs go up, which then raise the beef costs further. We're having this, this spiraling cycle of inflation now, and it has a lot to do with fuel prices. We could lower prices by pumping more of our oil out of the ground, and they don't want to do that because they're invested in climate change. I did not intend to spend the whole damn day talking about this one topic, but that's how big it is. It is so pervasive across every aspect of our society right now. And now you got these idiots. They want to get Iranian oil. We might as well just cut a check to Hezbollah and give them the missiles to blow us up. I mean, because that's what Iran's going to do with the money. It's what they've always done with the money. I mean, these people really are into the whole death to Israel stuff. And we're going to give them money. How badly must this administration hate Jewish people and Israel? wonder if that has to do with their unwillingness to help the president of, of Ukraine. It's just, it's laughable to me to hear Vladimir Putin say he wants to, to denazify Ukraine when his troops have just blown up the Ukrainian Holocaust Memorial and are trying to kill Ukraine's Jewish president. Where the hell did all the grown-ups go? I mean, y'all, this this is, where did the grown-ups go? It, it seems like, you know, if we're into real politic or anything else, you think, let's be energy independent. And the Biden administration, well, one day we will. We'll all have unicorn farts and windmills. We will power America on the power of the rare unicorn fart. No one will need nuclear power plants or coal-powered plants or natural gas because the natural gas we have will be a unicorn fart. That'll take care of everything. 
I mean, that is the seriousness of this administration's energy policy. Unicorn farts and windmills. Who knows what they'll do with the horn of the unicorn? God only knows. It'll probably be used in demonstrations in kindergartners for inappropriate acts. I mean, that's what the left does. I'm just, I'm flabbergasted by the lack of maturity on energy independence in this administration at a time we're seeing the first major land war in Europe since World War II. And they're like, oh my gosh, let's buy oil from the terrorist regime of Iran that wants to actually literally bring about the apocalypse. Yes, that's the ticket. Let's give Iran money to bring about the apocalypse. Everybody's thinking, is this the end times? We'll make sure it is. These are not serious people. Ron Klain probably needs to be fired a long time ago, but now more than ever. And and Grandpa Dementia needs somebody to give him another shot of steroids or something to wake him up and get him focused in the game because he's being outmaneuvered by Russia and by the idiots in his administration who do not want us to be energy independent from the Russians at a time they started a land war in Europe. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. To the phones we go. Jerry, you're up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. I just have a quick question, and I'll hang up and let you answer. Um, how come we can't buy oil from Mexico? You know, I knew you were going to ask this, Jerry, and I looked up the answer, and I'm actually surprised. I did not know the answer. Um, the reason is because the Mexicans do not have enough to give us. Um, which is, I, I didn't realize that was actually the answer, uh, but there's actually a story out. Um, it is uh, SP Global Commodity Insight. Uh, Mexico plans to stop crude exports to the United States by 2023 because of domestic fuel demand. Uh, there's so much demand in Mexico now that uh, we actually can't get enough Mexican oil ourselves, um, which I, I had no idea. I didn't realize that was the answer. Um, I, I, I figured I better, I, I knew what Jerry was going to call about and figured I better find the answer. And that's it. Mexico had been sending 860,000 barrels of oil to the United States. It was reduced last year to 671,000 barrels of crude oil a day. And by next year, they expect to have it down to 200,000 barrels of oil. And by the year after now, they're actually going to have zero. And it's all because of the demand in Mexico. Now, things may change economically here, but that's actually the answer, which surprised me. Uh, Bill, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Hi, Eric. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, hey, I just had a comment, maybe question. Has anybody stopped to consider with all this talk about climate change uh, what the impact on the climate is of a 40-mile-long convoy that stopped in idling or uh, thermobaric <laughs> bombs going off or the other blasts that are over there and just, just the whole, you know, fiasco of war, what it might be doing to the climate? Yeah, listen, um, no, because, you know, they, they, they don't care about those people. Uh, the, those are those are the poor's. If they were in this country, they'd be shopping at Walmart. The the left doesn't care about them. Um, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, you look, you're right about the, this war. And if you're you're so obsessed with carbon footprints and climate change and and emissions, you should be concerned about this. And well, they're not, which is kind of telling. Uh, and they should be. Ron, you're up next. Welcome. 
Yeah. Hey, uh, Eric. Uh, yeah, Ron from Pinehurst. My question is: Everybody's talking about uh, uh, oil from I- Iran and what we did for Iraq. Shouldn't they just open up the taps and let us have whatever we need to, to get through 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 all this? You know, um, let me look at this one. So, uh, Iraq's oil exports um, have actually gone up 3.5%. Uh, up, there we go. Um, but Iraq's exports, we're also dealing with OPEC issues here. Um, so, OPEC has a lot of input in Iraqi oil output. OPEC is actually expected to increase some of its oil production uh, which would affect Iraq, but Iraq is apparently involved in that. So that's the answer on that one. These I can find with, with Google to some degree. By the way, um, Ron mentioned uh, thermobaric bombs. I've wondered, because I we're hearing a lot about thermobaric bombs. How do they work? I researched that last night to be able to tell you. I'm fascinated by this. Thermobaric bombs have two explosions. The first explosion, they launch a missile into the air that seeds the air. And the air is seeded with uh, metal, metallic dust and carbon particles. And then there's a second explosion. Once the air is full of the, of the metal and carbon deposits, then a second bomb goes off and it creates a massive explosion. And all of those metallic particles and carbon particles catch on fire and begin to incinerate at a very high heat. And that high heat causes a pressure change where air is literally sucked out of people's lungs into the fireball to keep the fireball going. And then that, in turn, causes a very big pressure blast that once people's lungs are are pulled outward and then they're shoved back in and it causes um uh embolisms and uh vacu the the air sacs to be torn apart in people's lungs it causes a massive massive shockwave so with a normal bomb explosion there's just one big explosion and shockwave with a thermobaric bomb there's a shockwave that lasts longer and spreads further because you've got all of this metallic dust the first explosion puts in the air so it causes a massive deadly explosion and the other thing is because of the dust those shockwaves turn corners, and that's they they were designed to blow up caves. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here across the nation. I, I you know I just I'm I'm gonna <laughs> pay no attention to everything I was gonna I said I was gonna talk about this. This one gets me. My buddy Ryan, who listens to the show, he sent me a link. Uh, he actually Ryan is is a world renowned doctor, uh, not medical, but he is a scientist, meteorologist, has a PhD. He knows his stuff. And Ryan noted uh, lower and middle income American households are being hammered by high gas prices. A household making under $50,000 per year owns a car that is on average 11 years old with an odometer reading of 125,000 miles. Cost of car ownership is 25% to 50% of household income. Uh, People are getting hurt here, and 
the Biden administration uh, could be doing things. Households with incomes over $100,000 can afford to replace their gasoline-powered vehicles with brand-new electric vehicles and benefit from cost savings. But most American families cannot. In the long term, used electric vehicles will become attainable, but pain at the pump will intensify for years to come, particularly with current American energy policies. Well, some guy named Andrew works at the intersection of weather and reinsurance. Lives in Bermuda and wants you pours to go get your electric vehicles today. This is part of the problem with the American left, particularly white American left. The white progressives of America used to call them limousine liberals. The white progressive left in this country is the Marie Antoinette of the 21st century leading to populist revolutions around the world. Let them get their electric vehicle. By the way, uh, and and I would note, and I think Ryan's listening right now, that uh, one of the big issues with the used market for electric vehicles is the battery. You know, those lithium-ion batteries wear out over time, and it, it causes a massive cost. So I actually think that the used market for electric vehicles in this country is not going to be highly cost competitive because of the battery issue. But this is all the time uh, the left in this country looks at stuff from a policy standpoint of elite, rich, white progressives. You black moms listening to me right now, and and I know from the research data, I got a large number of black women who are mothers, oftentimes single mothers, who listen to this program, who don't always agree with me. But in particular, when it comes to education issues, listen, I, I it's in the research, it's in the data, it's in the ratings data that I've seen. And I want you single black mothers to understand that the solution to improve your kid's education, according to the left, is you need to get rich and pay for your kid to go to private school. That's the solution of the rich white progressives of America. Uh, if you got the money, send your kid to a school where they can get it a good education. Otherwise, shut your mouth and take it. The government schools are all you get. Take the light bulb. Take the incandescent light bulb. I forget what it's called. There's an economic term for this. Fred on Twitter, if you're listening, you're the one who who gave me the term a while back, and so I'm in my direct messages waiting for you to reply to me with the actual terminology here. And I know you're listening because you just texted me. Poor people can't go buy LED bulbs because the LED bulbs are expensive. Now, they've come down in price, but progressives in this country started to ban the incandescent light bulb, the dollar bulb. You can go buy the $10, $15, $20 bulb, and it'll last for years. But how many light bulbs do you have in your house? If you've got 10 light bulbs in your house, and they're each $10, that's $100. You got 10 light bulbs in your house, and they're all a dollar incandescent bulb? Guess what? That's $10. What are you going to buy if you're poor? The $100 worth of light bulbs 
that will last three years, but you don't have $100 to spend if you're going to eat this month. Or the $10 worth of light bulbs, that'll get you six months to a year of light before you have to replace them. What are you going to buy? I bet you're not going to go buy the $100 worth of light bulbs when you can get the same number for 10 bucks. They won't last as long, but that saves you $90 that you can use to buy groceries or gas. What are you going to do with your car? Are you going to go out and buy a $50,000, $60,000 car or get a used gas-powered model for fifteen to 20000 Get a junk gas-powered car that's reliable and get you to work. Or are you going to go spend all the money on an electric car and your car payment is going to be so outrageous that your kids will eat just fine, but you won't eat for days on end? What are you going to do? You pours and all your your poor people lack of money. You, you got and you got to figure out how to live life. Meanwhile, all the these these rich people are telling you, just go buy an electric car. You'll be able to stop buying. Yes, this is the solution of the Biden administration. You poor people need to go buy your electric cars. Fred is replying to me on, on the margin, economic decisions made on the margin. We choose cheap things now, even though we might benefit to buy something more expensive for the long term, and it works both ways. Yes, what's important at this moment? You know, I am at a point where I can buy some things, not a, not a lot, but some things I can buy for the long term. But there's still a lot that I can't do that with. And yet the left right now, if you want an edu- if you want your kid to get the best education, you need to be rich and send your kid to private school. And by God, we can't let the government help you. In Georgia right now, it's the Republicans. The Republicans are the ones. The Speaker of the House in Georgia is telling poor people, screw you. You got to stay in your failing school because you don't have the money to send your kid to private school. And we, the government, we're not going to help you. He's a Republican, and he's making poor people keep their kids in failing schools unless they get rich. The government a number of years ago gave, remember the cash for clunkers, essentially the auto industry in this country was going under unless we bailed them out. And so the idea was the government cash for clunker program. And what did it do? It caused the price of used vehicles to skyrocket and price some people out of the market even before we got to this COVID period. But you know, you pours, you had the opportunity with your cash for clunkers to get you a battery powered car. We give you $5,000 off and you still had to pay the other 70. Yeah, that worked well. So many of the decisions of the left in this country are designed for rich white people like themselves. Let's shut down the big box stores. Everybody go to Whole Foods and buy your food at Whole Foods. No, none of this, none of this Walmart produce section, it's inferior to Whole Foods. We're going to encourage everybody to go to Whole Foods. I mean, this is this is where we are. This is where we are. It, it's just, it, it makes no sense to me. And yet the left would tell you the, uh, you know, Walmart is bad. I mean, I do think Walmart is bad. I, I'm, I'm not a Walmart fan. Listen, I used to have to go to Walmart when I didn't have a lot of money. I had to go to Walmart. Uh, now now I, I get to go to Target. 
I get to upgrade my life by going to Target. No offense if you got to shop at Walmart. I, I used to have to shop at Walmart. I try never to shop at Walmart. The last time I went to Walmart, I walked into a drug deal, the back of the grocery store or the back, back of the Walmart. I, I, I pass. Ironically, it was back there in the, in the fishing rod section. I went back there to look. They got fishing rods at my local Walmart, and they've also got drug deals going on. Of course, I was there after 11 o'clock at night, which is always the warning sign. But I, I, I try to I try to go to Target instead of Walmart. But Walmart's open 24 hours. In the middle of the night, if I need something, I can go to Walmart. I prefer not to for my health, safety, and well-being. But nonetheless, the left doesn't like Walmart. They really don't like it. Walmart has done more to help the poor in this country than most people on the left. But they want Whole Foods policies. They tell you not to buy in the middle of the grocery, you heard this, or shop the perimeter of the grocery store. So you shop the fruits and vegetables, then you shop the, the meats, and then you go to the dairy section. Usually the beer aisle's back there. Everybody needs to shop there too. And then, then you leave. Forget all the stuff in the middle. Just go home. Go home, you pores, and break out your artisan uh, wheat grinder and make your own flour so you can make your own bread and you'll be better off and it'll be healthy. Don't you get that pre-processed Wonder Bread at the grocery store? You pores can do better. It's for your own good to learn how to make your own bread. Think how much money you'll be saving by growing your own wheat and grinding it yourself and giving yourself all that fiber. My gosh, stop your complaining, poor people, about the Wonder Bread prices and learn to bake it yourself. For that matter, who needs the grocery store? You could own a cow, except then the rich people are going to zone you out of your, your neighborhood. Oh, you know, sorry, you can't have chickens and cows here in this neighborhood. Too many white people. I mean, this is this is what the left does. The, the NIMBYs of the left, they, they, they tell you how to live your life and they just assume everyone can do it. I have a friend of mine. I've told this story before, and this is not a disparaging story for her. It's just, you know, I, I don't, one day I hope to live in this life, but uh, when Christian and I were younger, uh, before we had kids, we got invited out to, to Aspen. I'd never been to Aspen, Colorado before. I'd never been to Colorado before. And um, she invited us out there, did not have a lot of money. And I said, I, I, we, we looked and economy is like $1,000 per person to get out there. She, oh, I had no idea it was that expensive to fly to Aspen. I was like, I, how, how do you not know it's that expensive? Well, they, they, they fly on their parents' net jets. It's the first time I'd ever heard that net jet was a thing. It's no priority jet, but it's, it's, it's a thing. Uh, that that some people use, and it's a private air service. I had no idea something like that existed, and she had no idea that it cost a thousand dollars to fly to Aspen from Atlanta, Georgia. It's just two different worlds. But she tries to relate and understand this friend of mine, people who can't afford the private jet. But so many on the left, when they shape public policy, they're shaping public policy within their bubble, where everybody's got the Tesla, everybody's got the battery pack, everybody's got the solar panels on the roof. Everybody's got all this stuff. You don't have it? What? Well, then we're going to have the government subsidize it for you, and all that does is cost the price to go up, and then you still can't afford it. Your kid's school is failing. Why don't you send them to a better school? Because you can't afford the tuition, and you're locked in. So much policy on the left is set by people who do not live in the world that you and I live in. They don't go to a Walmart. They don't know anyone who owns a pickup truck. 
and they send their kids to private schools and they jet across the country on their private flights. I one day want to fly private. I do. But I'll still do my own grocery shop. I don't even like to use Instacart. I like to go to the grocery store. I like to shop. I like to see what's there. Yes, I use a grocery list and then I'll walk down the aisle and say, hmm, Nutter Butters, I think I want those. Of course, you can't get those right now. Why? Supply chain crisis. The Biden administration is oblivious to it. Well, it's keeping the pores and the fats like you from eating Nutter Butters. We're good with it. Doesn't work that way. This is why there's a voter rebellion. So much of this policy from the left right now is just devoid of context for the average person's life. Don't go buy your gas-guzzling car. Get an electric car. That is the, the stated preference of the Secretaries of Transportation and Energy in the United States of America right now. Good luck getting the money raised to buy your Tesla. And then, my gosh, wait until you get your power bill. Well... I guess you'll have to then get the LED bulbs to reduce your power bill when you plug in your Tesla. Government progressive logic. Now, what you should plug in is your Eden Pure Thunderstorm to clean the air in your house. They're actually pretty efficient. They're good. They're good. They work. You can get three of them right now for less than $200. You're saving $200. You get free shipping on them. My gosh, they are, they're effective. You know, I do travel with mine. I'm not making this up. This isn't just your sales pitch. I travel, so I'm glad I had one with me because I knew a while back I was staying. Uh, my parents live in rural Louisiana. There's a little inn, and it's kind of musty, the air is, and I thought, you know, I'll take the Eden Pure. I'll clean it up. Well, my gosh, I got into a rental car. I could smell that someone had been smoking in the car before I even got to the car. You know, it worked on that too. You plug it into the car. It worked great. I was, it had a little plug. I was able with USB cord, plug it in. It took care of that. It took care of my hotel room. I don't not travel with it anymore. It works. It works in the kitchen. When I fry stuff, it eliminates the odors, but better than that, it doesn't just eliminate, it doesn't mask the odors. It eliminates the odors, but it also gets rid of the mildew, the mold, the bacteria floating in the air. You don't have to get a filter subscription either. You just wipe it out and it works. What you do is go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's the website, EdenPureDeals.com. You'll see a discount code. You put ERIC3 in, E-R-I-C-K-3, and it'll take you to the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Go to checkout. Make sure you put in that discount code. Click the apply box, ERIC3. You'll get $200 off for three Eden Pure Thunderstorms, all three of them for less than $200. And you too can be like me. And they're small, a little bigger than your hand. I keep it in my suitcase when I travel, and my gosh, it works. Why, hello there. The phone number, well, don't worry about it. I will tell you this hour is brought to you by First Liberty. Building and loan across the nation. They can help you get your business to be a big business. If you need a loan, $750,000 or more, reach out to them. Tell them I sent you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. Firstlibertyga.com. If you're a business anywhere in the United States of America, they can help you. Uh, my buddy Ryan, I was mentioning, the meteorologist sent me this. It's from 2019. Exactly what I was talking about. Uh, people care a lot about social status. In fact, research indicates that respect and admiration from our peers are even more important than money for our sense of well-being. We feel pressure to display our status in new ways. This is why fashionable clothing always changes. But as trendy clothes and other products become more accessible and affordable, there is increasingly less status attached to luxury goods. The upper classes have found a clever solution to this problem, luxury beliefs. These are ideas and opinions that confer status on the rich at very little cost while taking a toll on the lower class. 
One example of luxury belief is that all family structures are equal. This is not true. Evidence is clear that families with two married parents are the most beneficial for young children, and yet affluent, educated people raised by two married parents are more likely than others to believe monogamy is outdated, marriage is a sham, or that all families are the same. Relaxed attitudes about marriage trickle down to the working class and the poor. In the 1960s, marriage rates between upper class and lower class Americans were nearly identical. But during that time, affluent Americans loosened social norms, expressing skepticism about marriage. The luxury belief coincided to the erosion of the family. Another luxury belief is that religion is irrational or harmful. Members of the upper class are more likely to be atheist or non-religious, but they have the resources and access to thrive without the unifying social edifice of religion. Then there's the luxury belief that individual decisions don't matter much compared to random social forces, including luck. This belief is more common among many of my peers at Yale and Cambridge than the kids I grew up with in foster care or the women and men I serve with in the military. The key message is that the outcomes of your life are beyond your control. The idea works to the benefit of the upper class and harms ordinary people. White privilege is the luxury belief that took me the longest to understand because I grew up among poor whites. Members of the upper class claim that racial disparities stem from inherent advantages held by whites, yet Asian Americans are more educated and have better earnings and live longer than white people. In other words, upper class whites gain status by talking about their high status. There you go. Good idea. Great column. Maybe more on this tomorrow. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can so spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.